Well Expo podcast in association with Be Coached for confidence moving forward. Live, everybody. Hello, how are you? And you are very welcome to today's webcast. A um, couple of changes. Esther has the W over her head, and I don't because I am today's guest. And here I am welcoming my interviewer, Esther. And it was all her idea, by the way. It wasn't mine. Esther Firehead, please go easy on me. <laughs> I'll be nice forward, don't you worry. <laughs> So, yes, the tables have turned. Barbara yeah. has done, what is it now, four months of interviewing? I was trying to work it out, actually. What did we do? We have we started three, in April. Yeah, April, May, May June, yeah, July. Four months. Eight, 32. So, yeah, this is about 32 or 33 now at this stage that we've done, and they have just flown by. They have. They have really flown by and I'm normally in the background tech support. Um, the voice of Oz when we were still on Zoom and now that we're on, on um, StreamYard, then I make sure all the comments come through right and that everybody you know can interact and stuff. So it's a bit different for me too now being on screen and interviewing the lovely Barbara, but it had to be done. Okay, so we need to find out more about who started Well Expo why Well Expo was started, and what, as the topic says, what skill set she has to be able to do all of this. So let's go back a bit, Barbara. And uh, we were talking a bit off screen before we came on about what your life's ambitions had been when you were in school. So what what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, when I was leaving school, actually, it was my plan to be an accountant. Yeah, um, an accountant. Yeah. And I did my accounting technician. So we are now talking back in the 80s. Um, and what I discovered was, and I, I got, a, I had a lovely job, you know, my first full-time job and it was lovely and I worked with a, a great crew, but I was still doing music. So I grew up in a musical family. So even though I was working at that during the day and I'd be, and automation wasn't quite what it is now when it comes to invoices and statements and things like that. And I'd be sitting there every month and I would have this massive big stack of statements. And if you remember, um, it was, you know, the uh, with the punched holes down the side, you'd be separating the statements and it was one for the office and one for the customer. And then you'd have to fold them. And that was, you know, that was the, the learning process of um, when you're starting off in accountancy and you're sorting out all the invoices and statements and ringing them up then looking for their payments every month and I remember doing a training course as well on um I, I think it was called um how to get money from your client I actually think that was that that was what the course is called you know and I remember thinking oh my and even then going but they may not have any you know they may actually be broke so you know but um but yeah I was in I come from a musical family and I 
trained in music then and my first music lesson was when I was about seven and um, playing the piano and singing lessons and everything like that and I would have been on stage so even though I was working at this job in the accounting area um, in the evening when work was finished uh, at least three four nights a week I would have been going off to do rehearsal somewhere for a show um, and at the time tops of the town for anybody out there watching that remembers those shows, um, I would have been involved quite a lot with that kind of um, performance and variety show and very much jazz hands. Um, so that was always there running alongside, but yeah, accountancy and music. So then eventually following that then, a kind of, um, I don't know, then it, it led then to further on a few years down the road, then I get married and I start my family. I gave up everything. So I stayed at home. Um, I was the stay at home mommy for, oh gosh, donkey's years. But I still continue to play music at home. And with the result, my, all my children are musical. In fact, my husband is musical too. Um, yeah, I, you can hear me stuttering. I mean, <laughs> I am on the other side now. And I'm like, oh my God, tonight, you know? Now, now you know what all your, your other 32 yes. years Yes, so my apologies to each of my guests. I'm sorry. <laughs> so music was a major part of your, of your background and it still is today, right? Yeah, it is actually. And um, what happened was then as the children grew up, um, what I started doing then, okay, I, I taught them a bit, but actually they didn't want mommy teaching them. Um, they went to their own teachers and with the result, I have a bassoon player, viola, violin, flute, piano and singer. So they do. I have a mini orchestra in my house. Yeah, I have. And act funny you mentioned jazz because that's actually what my youngest wants to do in college is uh, jazz and contemporary music. Fingers crossed if all goes to plan. But uh, yes, so then because I was singing, um, my time out then when the children were small in the evening would have been me going, being part of the choir and singing and being um, and then eventually years later what happened was then I ended up directing choirs kids choirs adult choirs you know church choirs and being the church organist and playing for the masses and all that kind of thing and I would have sung for weddings here and there as well so there there might even be people out there watching that say yeah she sang at the wedding in our house or, you know, or we heard her somewhere. Um, I know somewhere there's audio out there. I haven't checked, uh, but I, I, I think I still appear somewhere on a Google search as a singer. But that was a long time ago. And then what happened was I decided when the children got older that I would do my uh, diploma and in group and community music and actually my and it was my hobby you know and I absolutely love it and I would be nothing if I didn't have music because I, I it's still so important to me particularly for mental health which is where you know well expo comes in as well because an awful lot of what we have covered has been in the mental health 
um, area. And music for me was my release. That's my outlet. Um, but when the children got older then, what I did was then I kind of decided, well, I traveled back and forth to Dublin um, every couple of weekends and study for the diploma and bring it into schools and community groups um, and use it for team building and things like that. So I took another angle then on the music instead of being kind of the classroom teacher, because I love the freedom of what music can do and I love how you can express. And I absolutely loved when I would see in someone's eyes the, I did it, you know, and that could be a three-year-old or in a play group or, you know, a 16-year-old or 17-year-old in a classroom or a teenage setting. Do you know what I mean? In a, a, a teen group and even an adult piano student. So anybody out there wanting to learn the piano, can I just tell you, it's never too late that adults do go to piano lessons, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and quickly on that, actually, it's just that when adults go, it is slightly different because you're not going to I have to do my grade one, I have to do my grade two. It's a completely different approach. So don't let, you know, going for piano lessons as an adult put you off. So that's what I was doing then for a number of years. Um, it was very difficult. I was loading, the, I was, I would have been loading the car up with the keyboard, the percussion, um, you know, all the instruments, I had a bootload of instruments, maybe hauling it in and hauling it out. And, you know, you're up against funding and projects and have the money to do it. And so, yeah, it was tough, but absolutely. Um, you would leave so uplifted when you see a four year old, you know, who maybe their confidence is not great and you give them an instrument and they get a rhythm and their face lights up. It is just brilliant. And then that suddenly came to an end. OK. <laughs> so how did it come to an end? Well, actually, that's all Tina Turner's fault and proud Mary. So I'm we're, we're, blaming, we're blaming Tina. I certainly am. <laughs> and a few years ago, I um, I actually it was around November time, and my best friend had a big birthday coming up, and I hadn't been well the week before. But I was going, I can't, I can't miss this. I can't miss this. You know, and it's something really, really important. I can't miss this. So even on the day of the birthday, um, I was lying in bed. I was thinking, no, I'll get up. I'll have a shower. I'll just go in. I'll show my face for an hour, you know, because it was a big night. And the funny thing was my son and his band, my eldest guy and his band, they were actually booked to play the party so my son as a I didn't realize but he said oh yeah mom we're actually doing that we're doing that gig and I went oh great you know I'll, I'll see you in there so look I can see a comment from her um, so, danced off. <laughs> so within about an hour and I was sitting there and I hadn't I hadn't even been drinking or anything like that Um, it was oh you know they're playing Tina Turner. Come on, up we get on the floor. I'd say I was probably less than five minutes on the floor 
and my legs just went from under me. And I could feel myself going back. And in those, and it was split second, but between standing up and hitting the deck, I remember thinking, I have to save my head because that was actually how I was falling. And I just put my two arms behind me to save myself. But in doing that, um, I ended up then having to get five pins in my right arm and I had a radial fracture in my left. So I, I had actually broken both my arms. So piano playing was not going to be and yeah. the music workshops were no longer going to be. Um, I've actually, you know, I had half thought maybe I, I should have given you the photograph that I have of me sitting at home with two mic stands, okay, uh -huh. uh, either side of my armchair, a broom handle going across, and two slings sitting there like that with my two arms <laughs> for the swelling to go down, okay? So I'm sitting there like that going, oh, my God, and sleeping with my arms propped up on pillows. And anybody who's had surgery in the arms will know that the, and the pain um, was just horrendous. So for a few weeks, I mean, I was lying there in bed and I was going, what, uh, what am I going to do? I can't not do something. I'm, I'm working since I was 12. Yeah. You know, how, what am I going to do? And then I just, uh, lying in bed one day, I just said, oh, now hang on a second. What have I been doing? And I went, yeah, okay. I would say doing the workshops or piano or whatever it was. And then I realized, yeah, I'm doing that. But what actually am I doing behind that? And I realized then it's not just a teaching thing. I was motivating. I was um, bringing the best out of whoever I was working with. Um, because there's one other thing, like I qualified as a fitness instructor as well a few years ago. So all the groups that I were, oh yeah, listen, there's a whole book in my life. I'm dropping these things in as we go along. Um, and I realized then that everything that I had done was actually bringing out in someone else their own ability and their own realizations. And to bring them out on top to see what they could do for not just for themselves, but to see what they had within themselves. You know, and then when I was lying in bed, I, you know, my son, I said to my son, I said, give mommy the laptop, you know, I, I'm going to have a look online. And I just did a huge search of all that skill set that I had developed and unbeknownst to myself. But I got to a point where my skill set actually became more apparent than I had realized, you know. And then I went to Kingston College and I got my advanced diploma in leadership and executive coaching. And that's what I am. And I can't even read that comment because 
So it's a life changing event. But one thing for sure, you had that light bulb moment. Strong woman. Yeah, you see, I get upset then when I think back, not upset in a bad way, but it's like when I if I have a client say in front of me um, and yes, they get that light bulb moment and you can see it in their face. And I mean, you know me, Esther, like even sometimes I've been interviewing guests here on the show and something hits you, you know, and I'm trying. Are you still there? You've frozen a little bit on me. You're the tech yeah. support. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> I have no control over the internet. We both live in rural Ireland, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> but it is, it's one of those, it could be a word, it could be a phrase, it could be an expression, it could be just a movement yeah. that gives you that light bulb moment. You know, it, it can come out of nowhere. And you and some of your other guests that you've had on have had life-changing events. Like um, I remember Rinka. Mm, uh, Sarah. She was and complete life. I mean, people who go through full life changing events can go one way or the other. You know, it can yeah. make them or it can break them. And yeah. you decided that it was going to it was going to make you. You weren't going to be, you know, the woman who broke both her arms while dancing on the dance floor. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, Tina Turner has an awful lot to answer for. <laughs> and my poor son the thing was as I said my son was gigging that night yeah, yeah. he couldn't do couldn't anything do looking at his mammy for they were on stage playing they had a full dance floor I had yeah. to scoot off do you know what I mean so to anybody and that's why within coaching and anybody that I would have um who might come to me and say you know I'm completely lost I don't know where I'm going I don't know what to do I actually, I genuinely know what that is like. Yeah, yeah. Just don't play um, Proud Mary. Just don't play Proud Mary. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> brought you up to Be Coached. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in Be Coached, then you have some specialities. What made you specialize in menopause? Menopause. Well, the thing with menopause is that um, when I, hindsight is a great window to every woman when they're coming into perimenopause. And because, and in fact, I would say, and certainly looking at my own case, um, I'd say my husband and my kids knew I was in it a hell of a lot longer before I knew I was in it, you know, and this is what can happen. So I, and obviously, as somebody going through it, so still I am using what I am going through, what I have gone through to deliver what I know somebody else will actually be going through at that time. So and the thing with menopause is if you are in if you have a career and it's a pressurized career and, and even if you don't have a career. So I don't want anybody out there to think that, oh, she's only sorting you know career women or coaching career women no that that's not the case but there is a different set of pressures that come then with having um the career 
you know, that you're coping with in menopause. Um, and because you have your colleagues and you have your schedules and you are trying to set, I mean, you've one set of boundaries you may or you may not have at home. And it is a completely different set of boundaries that you need to try and establish then within your career. And the thing with menopause is that having come through the perimenopause stage and even though you're at the end of that, because in a sense, you don't realize you're in that phase. What happens is you're there going, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? Why am I snappy? Why do I need to feel I need to sit on my own and just try and discover what's wrong with me? And you have all these questions going on. And the thing is, the more you start to question, actually, then your self-esteem starts to erode and your confidence starts to erode. And when that starts to erode, then you have a difficulty then maybe trying, well, is that the right boundary I need to set? Do I need to be saying, you know, sorry, Tom, no, I can't help you today. Is it going to be interpreted the wrong way? So all of this comes in with the coaching um, for those going through menopause. And sometimes I think like a lot of things, we can be too close to ourselves. Definitely, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know yourself, I mean, you have kids, I have kids. We, we sometimes just need somebody else on the outside just to say, no, hang on, do you know what? Yeah, you just yeah. set that boundary. Yeah, no, and I mean, as women, we can get a bad rap as always being emotional and all, you know, that the word always is flung around far too often because we go through so much. Every month there's your um your period and your menstrual cycle and then you kids or no yeah. kids and you know the the stress and the pressures and the you know the yeah. everything that comes with all of that and then to top it all off you have to go through menopause I mean I, I always say all our problems begin with men yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <of> very, <laughs> yes now I now I have to say but one thing that I think a lot of people don't think of is if you happen to ha if you happen to be in a same sex relationship where there are two women who are going through that situation, Absolutely. you know, yeah. So there is then that extra layer of uh, balance that is required and space. Now, I am that mother that um, stuck the sign on the door saying don't even think about it <laughs> you know don't come anywhere near me yeah you know now i actually i did it just to get headspace yeah. <laughs> but on the far side of the door my husband i remember him t saying to me later he says i knew well why you put that up there on the door he says there was no way i was going to go in you know so, no but it is knowing it, you have to know yourself to know what you need at those points and a lot yeah. of times as women we suppress our needs in favor of you know looking after the kids looking after the husband looking after the house looking after the job looking after everything and everybody else yeah so would you say that you help women to find out what works for them because one it's not a one um, oh, fix absolutely. all no it's not one plaster fix all or fix everyone um and you you said it there exactly it's that by the time a woman gets to that point, the chances are she hasn't even realized that she has spent the last, you know, could be 10, 15, 20 years just looking after everybody else. 
You know, I happen to be one of those that when I was told, yes, this is it, you know, menopause, I was delighted because for me, it was a massive opportunity then to just go, yes, you know, and I've said this umpteen times, my contribution to society is done. I can, you know, they are grown enough now. Um, and that's only my experience, but every woman's is different because not every menopause will happen naturally. Sometimes it's happened because maybe you've had a medical condition or you're undergoing treatment. Some women will actually have quite young children. I was lucky in that mine were old enough. So no, as much as every woman will go through it, it will be different and it will be different symptoms and everybody has their own um, actually baggage is the wrong word but everybody is carrying their own weight of issues yeah. into it and it's tapping into uh coping with each of those and making it a much more a much more enjoyable process actually it does not have to be the end it can actually be a massive fresh start and a massive new beginning for you and speaking of fresh starts, you have a fresh website coming up soon. Uh, hopefully I do. Ready next week. <laughs> Exciting times. And in that, there will be uh, online courses and yes. videos and things for people to work through because it's not a topic that, that you know, it's still a very taboo topic in some places within yeah. some people. You know, I mean, yeah. we a lot of the time we don't even name it as menopause we call it the change you know or we give yes, it a totally that was funny when Anne-Marie with... said that on her uh, on her interview and she came on chatting about the fitness and her mom saying so and so is going through the change and it just resonated so well because I remember my mom saying it about someone you know it's the change and you're going are they morphing What's into the something else? You know? <laughs> what change like? You know, are you going to grow horns? You, you know, well, you might feel like. Well, you. actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, you show women that they're still the same at the end of it. They're still, you know, yes, yeah. it's, a, it's a physical, emotional turmoil at the time. But you come out at the other end and you come out stronger. Yeah, absolutely. What you do, you actually tap back into who you were before this whole thing started, you know, tap back into what it was you wanted to do, you know, and maybe you're doing what it is you wanted to do. And that's absolutely fine. But tap back into the confidence that you had. And OK, you may not, you know, when you're going to menopause, like weight and all becomes affected and we may not get our 20 year old body back again. But what we want is we want that self-esteem and we want that confidence and we want to feel self-assured when we go out and we don't want to feel you know, either mentally or physically uncomfortable because we start doubting ourselves. So there is a huge thing. So I will have um, the one of the, and it's only a very short course. It's five ways and five days to ease your menopause. It's a very short video series that will be launched uh, next week at our summit because my website will be ready in time for our summit. And that is becoached.ie. And people, you know, women can sign up. And in fact, men could sign up for that too because it is really really important for men to understand what it is their partner is going through you know uh, or you know if you're old enough what your mom is going through and the why she needs support you know 
why she needs, um, you know, her group around her and things like that. And why she needs to let off steam. You know, it is it is so, so important. So giving the mum, the wife or whatever, the individual female, you know, you could be single on your own and you're just going through torture. Is just taking back control of actually the person of who you really are, because it doesn't define you. You are more than it says you are. Definitely. And you mentioned there the summit. So it's coming up next Wednesday night. Um, next Wednesday night. And that was a that I mean, I mean, you've been with me since the start of this. That was kind of, you know, I mean, well, Expo started because of lockdown. Well, it started know? before that, though. It started back. You had an event back in January in Donegal Town. So I did. <laughs> Just thank you. That menopause mind, you know. (laughs) So back in January, you had a live event, and people were, you know, had stands and stalls and uh, fitness and wellness and mental health and all different aspects of of wellness because it's that's where the well part comes from a well expo. Um, So once lockdown started, then you decided to do these uh, interviews twice a week. to cumulate where we met (laughs) possibly but it gave us something to do and it actually reminded me what day was Tuesday and what day was Thursday it was Thursday we might not not get the date right but we definitely got the day right (laughs) yeah that's true at least you know it gave us something to look forward to and I think it gave your viewers something to look forward to as well and you know yes we're coming to the end of the two a week and going to start back into one a week then after the summit next week but you have had so many wonderful speakers on and so many different aspects covered. I mean, we haven't run out of topics at all. No, that's the thing. And I mean, um, as you say, from the footfall event, because mental health and wellness um, is just something that is just so, so important to me, you know, Um. And then when lockdown started, I like I found myself again, you know, like the menopause, like my skill set, actually thinking again, well, if I'm asking this question, so is somebody else. So it was never set up as in like I didn't think I was going to be interviewed at all, ever. This was all your idea, you know, the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it was never set up for it to be, well, at some point, Barbara's going to be interviewed. It was always about what is it that if I'm asking a question, there's somebody else asking it. Well, let me see if I can find an answer to it. So for uh, some of the interviews would be answering questions I had. And I would hope that they would also be answering questions that the viewer had. And that was how it started off. And as you say, um, I think you know it 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 just grew legs itself um and you know yeah zita actually she attended um she was she didn't like to attend um, <laughs> zita was on registration <laughs> and it was great and uh, you know uh, but like that we need support going through these things but then to bring us online um we kind of just jumped in i i rang you and i said listen you know, what do you think? And you went, Asher, 
Sure, why not? <laughs> sure, why not? We'll see what happens. And here we are, 38, 39 episodes on coming towards the end of lockdown. And all of a sudden we have a mini summit next Wednesday night, all to do with workplace wellness. Yeah, going back uh, into the workplace and what and to going back into yeah. Mentally preparing yourself to go back into work because so many people have now been at home for so long or working from home or not working and at home with the kids. I mean, there's so many more changes that are coming up and we don't even know what what yeah. will happen. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we were even getting the speakers together for next Wednesday night. And, and I absolutely exclude myself on this, but they absolutely had to be topics that were going to impact on people, whether you were co-located, which seems to be something that's going to come up now, maybe a few days at home and a few days in the office. You know, uh, you could end up doing your night shift at home, which is what happened with my own daughter when she was here. We were all in bed and God love her. She was working, you know, midnight till 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. And we're all getting up. So things like that, that is very difficult to deal with, you know, um, as well, mentally and their anxiety. Nutrition. What have we got? We have anxiety with Taran. We have Anya with the co-located workforce and the HR side. We have uh, Deirdre on how to implement the wellness policy. We have Jimmy, who actually we interviewed here, Jimmy McCarthy, on our webcast on because he delivers uh, a workplace wellness program. And we, who else? What a, we got? Who am I forgetting? Donna for nutrition, and yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, me as well. That's right. You know, so it's. Um, yeah, so there is plenty there for everyone and it's not long. It's only a short summit. It's Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Um, I hope. And, and it's, it's available for five days after. So if you can't make it on Wednesday night, then you can still, if you've signed up for it, you can still catch the, the replays. Um, and there's a giveaway, right? There's a, a freebie on the... There is a giveaway. Yes, they're absolutely. I know I have one. Um, and I will be giving away an ebook. Uh, which is almost finished, by the way. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> it takes a lot to put an ebook together, but yes, there is an ebook that I'm giving away on Wednesday night, and um, I think some of the other guys too will have some bits and pieces to put in. Um, but I'm looking forward to hearing from the others too, because I think they could just open up a whole new conversation when it comes to the workplace and when it comes to now looking after employees and what employees themselves can do to help themselves, you know, but we could talk here all day. Oh, we could, we could definitely. And there's a fly annoying me here, sorry. Um, because, I mean, we haven't even touched on how your skill set has expanded into um, your Zoom knowledge and your Canva and your, you know. I love tech. So many other things. <laughs> But we can leave that for another day because we've totally gone over time. Would that be my um, marketing background that I trained in as well? <laughs> Probably. And you told me before we came on to that you wanted to be a guard. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I, like I said, I, yeah, there's a book in me. A, a woman of many talents, many talents. And you've put a lot of them to good use. I mean, I'm sure if you, I don't know if you've ever trained as a guard, but that would have come in useful when dealing with your four children. So, you know, breaking <laughs> up fights and crowd control. <laughs> but Margaret, it's 
been a pleasure and thank you for uh, allowing me to interview you and take over your W. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, and you got the right arm too as well. You did. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this has been strange to say the least. And um, I just hope people see that you do have more than you think that you possibly do. And there are ways of using your skill set elsewhere in other fields. So don't be afraid of what it is you have. Just like I say, seize it and use it.